This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Jason Inman. Jason, welcome Hello. back to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you may I'm be like... I don't, have an, I don't have an impressive sticker on my mic like you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally, I, I, I noticed that we see my mic in the new setup now more, mm-hmm. and I was like, what am I doing? That's free ad space. It's just sitting there. It's very smart. It also blends into your mic very nicely. It, well it done. does indeed. These are great yeah. comic pop stickers, by the way. If you uh... <laughs> where can people pick those up? Oh man, actually you can't. I don't have an online store. But uh, oh, curses! Sal. If you're a patron, you might. Uh, we'll work something out. Patreon. You get them every every week. Right. You keep sending them off every week. The thing is, you don't even need them every week. These are reusable stickers. You can peel them and put them anywhere on any surface, and they will actually they they. they they boast that you can repeal them up to a hundred times. Is that a thing now? Are we in the world of reusable stickers? I think we are. I mean, well, here's the thing. Wow. These we're, stickers. We're truly in the future, Sal. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's a wonder. <laughs> it's a it's a carnival of delight. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, we're talking today about three jokers, which is uh, in and of itself a bit of a carnival of delights because it's uh, <laughs> it's giving us a beautiful looking Batman book that we've been waiting what four or five years for now uh three four years yeah. i think it was announced 2016 that's right that's right yeah uh so um obviously three jokers number one has released so first of all there will be spoilers in the chat it's gonna be hard to manage so i want to warn you in advance if you're watching the show live there will be spoilers in the chat so you may want to avoid today's episode if you if you haven't had a chance to watch or to read and three I, and jokers I... And I still think we'll be pretty careful. Like we are. But there yeah. will be a couple things we'll have to talk about. Exactly. We are going to actually, you might want to just shut off the chat, but we will try. And I'll give you a fair yep. warning if we do actually yep. end up in spoiler territory. Um, but we're going to reference three jokers because as you pointed out, Jason, when we were arranging this episode, this is kind of the last gasp of DC rebirth. This is it. This is the last yeah. remnant. Cause it's or written it's the by last Johns. Thing that- it's the last thing that will be released because um, there are other rebirth titles that who knows? I mean, the biggest white whale I think of rebirth is you remember at the live rebirth event at WonderCon in 2016, when they announced a Mark Silvestri Batman book, you know, I do remember that. Now that you mentioned it, I haven't thought about it in a long, in a in a year or two. More. It will never happen. I, I believe. <laughs> no, no, we did not but get that Sylvester Batman. They announced it. Wow. And I also believe that was a Joker book as well. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all are, aren't they? Uh, it's funny. <laughs> at the end of the day, they're all Jokers. <laughs> I was looking at the thumbnails for for these for the episodes on this show, and I was like, oh my god, like it was three jokers right next to joker war and i'm like which joker is the joker war like like what a nightmare yeah we're um and you and i have talked a little bit about this but i i would be totally fine if the joker just took a 10-year goodbye yeah right because i'm so oversaturated and it's funny um i don't know if you listen to um rob liefeld's podcast i do not Uh, (laughs) by the way you totally should i because yeah Rob Liefeld, uh, besides being a super nice dude in real life, um, 
you very quickly understand why he's had the success he's had because that dude when it comes to like comics and business is smart yeah um but he brings up this idea there's one episode where him on his podcast and they're talking through sales and he kind of comes on this idea this theory is like why is warner brothers obsessed with clowns Hmm. and he talks about when you think about it and it too making a billion dollars then joker then the man who laughs then joker war then the war of jokes and riddles and he was like they just clowns make the money (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean murderous clowns can't just be Mm -hmm. you know like a like a sad clown it's got to be a a psychopathic murder clown but yeah yeah we're not we're not going to get the bozo the clown biopic no no we're probably not (laughs) (laughs) but he's he's right i mean it's funny actually if if you ever want like a good template for like success you should just just watch the image comics comics story and follow any of those creators. They all know what they're doing and how to maintain a, a career 20 years on. Uh, yeah. They're all entrepreneurs in their own right. And they all knew when, when to get going, when the getting was good. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a great wealth, little spring of information. Um, speaking of people who are get getting good, uh, Jason, <laughs> you're not just here because you want to hear the sound of my voice. You're also here to talk a little bit about your own creation, which is the sweetest plum. What's what's going on in your life and what's going on with the character you've created with your lovely wife, yeah. Ashley Victoria Robinson? Well, yes, uh, the comic that I co-created with my lovely wife, Ashley Victoria Robinson, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio is hitting comic book stores October 7th. It's uh, We like to call it, it's Rocketeer meets Men in Black. If you like books like Superman Smashes the Clan or even Images Adventure Man, it's exactly the tone of that type of series. It's all ages. It's for adults. It's for kids. And it basically tells the story of a 17-year-old girl with a jetpack flying through space and fighting aliens and robots. And if that doesn't sound good to you, then I don't know what is wrong with your life. That's what I want. (laughs) Uh, But uh, as you know, in comic books, pre-orders definitely matter um, in that story. So uh, go to your store, pre-order the comic book, go down to the link in the description. Comixology link is down there for Comixology. Uh, We're also doing a really cool thing that if you're interested in our journey of this jetpack girl growing up and shooting robots with a ray gun, uh, by the way, there's she goes to a Western planet. We reeled that very recently. <laughs> is that a so Star Trek start, reference? A little bit. There's plenty of Star Trek references in these books, my friend. Uh, there's lots of Star Trek references. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, here, I'll give you a Star Trek reference right here. Um, right. A big plot point of Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio is that she goes to a new planet for the first time. Um, it's a little bit of a minor spoiler, but not major. And on that planet, they find a glowing red rock. And for a long time, we were like, what do we name this rock? What do we name this rock? Because we originally, it's a very important piece of the plot. And um, originally, the title of Jupiter Jet and the Front Radio was Jupiter Jet and the Mystery of the Red Rocks. Um, And decided until the Forgotten Radio took over. But um, right as we were writing that part of the story, DC Fontana, great Star Trek writer, um, she is the, um, she was Gene Roddenberry's secretary and she worked her way onto the Star Trek original series writing cast. She's responsible for all the mythology of Vulcans. Oh, DC Fontana. So she's a great female writer. And because of that, we decided to name the element Fontanium. Oh, I love that. That's so, that's such so, a great deep cut. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure they would appreciate that. That's really sweet. Yeah. And so Fontanium will be in every volume of Jupiter Jet going nice. forward now. Um, but, uh, there you go. But uh, to get off the bat, we are doing a Jupiter jet contest right now. If you pre-order the book, if you've already pre-ordered the book 
at any from any comic store, any retailer, Amazon, Walmart, all those places. You take a little screenshot, make a copy of your proof of purchase, and you send it to jupiterjetcomic at gmail.com. Uh, one random person that does this is going to win all these exclusive signed art prints yeah. from Jupiter Jet. Plus, we will name a character in Volume Three after you. That's a sweet deal. Yeah, <laughs> and just and all and and it's only for doing the thing you should be doing if you know the comic yeah. book industry and you want to save the uh, you know any of your favorite comic books already, which is pre-ordering, which is like vitally important. It's so important. Yeah. We're actually developing our own idea uh, for like a a kind of like info video of just like explaining in simplest terms how to pre-order comics and just get that's it. a great right? a lot of people don't know how to do it no yeah. they don't or like you put the burden of responsibility on them and they're gonna go okay uh <laughs> you have to take away any obstacle in order to make people yeah i mean it, as it as it stands as you know and as i know from like self-publishing you know you could hand them a comic book and they're like, mm -hmm. ah, I don't have time to read this. It's 20 pages, and I do that all the time. It doesn't have Batman, and I don't care. You you have to remove every barrier in order to make it so that yeah. they, 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 they follow their best interests, which is exactly. an engaging story and a terrific character. Thanks. Oh. But uh, yeah, so if any of that sounds interesting, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, go pre-order now. That's right. Uh, so we're talking about DC Rebirth and how it died. Um, it's funny, because I was thinking about how in, through the I lens of... It died. Did it, it die? Because I, I feel like it the question is is it was it ever was it successful um i would say yes i would say yes because it did bring the sales up um and i'm a big believer in um dan didio former publisher of dc comics would always say to me that he would judge the strength of his company based on the strength of how is superman mm. and superman was strong in DC Rebirth. Oh, yes. With Super Sons and bo both Superman titles, Superman and Action Comics, were good yep. in Rebirth. And that usually is not the case for Superman. It's not even usually the case for Batman. <laughs> no. Usually, like, if Batman's good, Detective's bad. Or if Detective's good, Batman's bad. You know, right. it's like one of the two. Mm -hmm. uh, although I think we're in a period now where both Batman titles are good. I think so. Um, um, but anyways, um, I don't know. I think it was a success. Do you not? I feel the thing is, I think it initially was a huge success, and I think it mm. succeeded in what it was trying to do for the most part, which is yeah. bring up sales. But it didn't stick the landing. What it was also trying to do, like it was, because it's a twofold thing. Rebirth wasn't just like a publishing initiative where it's like all the all the books will have multiple variant cover. Like it wasn't just a sales perspective driven idea. It was also a story concept that Jeff Johns like pretty much created and then birthed into the in you know into the into the line i feel like because the story got away from it and because of the delays and the fact that it was never 100 percent adopted across the board the fact that like entrenched management didn't agree with it and gotten its way you know like if if the line is gonna go in one direction you gotta have everybody in lockstep with that direction mm -hmm. and if you're going to say we're going in this direction and then you leave and hope that the direction you told everyone to go in just ends up being arrived at, like that's not going to work. Like John's left halfway through. Yes. Um, I, I, I see your point there and, you know, and something I never would have considered because again, three jokers is part of that. Right. Um, where like, yeah, John's birth into DC and like into the foundation of rebirth, this idea that the Watchmen were there, right? 
and this idea that there were three jokers out there yes um and then is there anything else or i guess the wally west oh, was wally, sort of yeah yeah well like, and then wally yeah wally watchman three jokers yeah, it was those three ideas. And the only one we really got was Wally. Right. And I think the only reason why we got Wally was because Joshua Williamson was just like, plink, I'm going to take care of that. <laughs> yeah, um, you got it. <laughs> yeah. But you are correct on that. But I will say that I think that when you look at those titles in 2016 and 2017, yes. you can see, especially the main books, the ones that have the least to do with the watchman stuff. Yes. Um they're really good they're right. really successful like they kind of it kind of reinvigorated the line um I, I mean to be honest with you it was the most i was reading dc comics for over a decade same here oh um, it was like, the first i was picking up more dc books than than any time in like 10 years i think that was the first time i was like genuinely excited about dc yeah me too in a long time because like new 52 happened and i was like whoa and then i read most of the books and i'm like pass uh but <laughs> you know but it did bring me on to snyder and you know, the owls and, and Capullo's mm -hmm. Batman, which is, which would have been as successful with or without new 52. Yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, I was talking a little bit about, uh, three jokers here is yeah. very similar to doomsday clock. Absolutely. Doomsday clock was so delayed. And I, I wanted to point this out. And again, um, um, when reading three jokers this morning, yeah. um, I noticed that a lot of three jokers was, all like six panel grids or nine panel grids and i was like oh boy you're jeff johns your head was deep in the doomsday clock and you could not pull out of it no he you can i feel like even Fabox art is reminiscent mm -hmm. of gary frank's oh he he looks like gary frank automatically yeah, yeah. <laughs> but especially in this and i feel like it really is trying to link those two together like we're supposed to think the fact that there are three jokers mm -hmm. i think we're supposed to think like in tandem with Doomsday Clock, when Joker shows up in Doomsday Clock, you're like, oh my God, which Joker is it? Uh, or mm -hmm. that maybe there is some kind of resolution in this whole series that will then go into Doomsday Clock. I don't know when which one was supposed to come out first or whether they're supposed either. to come out at the same time. And, you know, you look at Doomsday Clock, it it's almost an evergreen story based on the costume designs and the story itself. But... Yeah maybe it wasn't and maybe it was supposed to be in a time period and other things were supposed to be contingent on it. And if well, that's the case, damn. It is interesting too, when both of these projects were announced, right? They yeah. were supposed to be both firmly entrenched in continuity. Right. And now I think you could almost completely ignore doomsday clock because the, the heroes don't really look like they do in the DC universe. Nope. They don't really act like they do in the DC universe. And they don't, even at the ending, it doesn't really even connect. Nope. So you could kind of be like, okay, Doomsday Clock is out of continuity. Mm -hmm. And then they said again, because this is black label, that this book, if you want to put it in continuity, continuity, you can. They said that they're treating this kind of like Killing Joke, because Killing Joke was not supposed to be in continuity. And That's then right. later writers put it in. Yeah. Um, man, you know, it's funny. This is reminding me so much of like 2008 jeff johns because mm -hmm. i remember you remember in 2008 jeff johns is writing this um blackest night giant <laughs> event yes of course and he was writing blackest night at the same time as he was writing the flash rebirth when he brought back barry allen yes now the flash rebirth was supposed to be completed before blackest night even started oh but 
Flash Rebirth was super delayed because it was drawn by Ethan Van Scriver. And so there were plot points in Flash Rebirth that were being referenced in Blackest Night Club. And yeah. you were so you were reading Blackest Night, or excuse me, you were reading like Blackest Night, and you were like, wait, what? That's yeah. the end of Flash Rebirth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I don't think Flash Rebirth ended until like halfway through Blackest Night. So, so in Blackest Night, you got to see Wally in his new costume. Yep. You learned that Professor Zoom was back alive, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Wait a minute, what?" You yeah. Know? Yeah. And John's like, "Well, I'm writing both of them. Who cares?" Okay. Yeah. So it got delayed. <laughs> yeah. The, the delays kill it, especially when you make it contingent on your line, on your publishing initiative, on like sales, your direction. It's, it was it was an uh, ambitious and exciting time. I remember when they announced three Joker slash doomsday clock and everything. And it was yeah. like, this is really hype. I'm really down. Then the hype after the first year, pretty much everyone yeah. who was going to be like, okay, screw it was on that bandwagon. Yes. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. You know, rebirth is such an interesting thing because again, I do think it did it. And it's like, my my biggest thing about rebirth is i wish it had lasted longer right um you know um i I wish they would have pushed it a little bit longer but i get the idea in publishing that like especially nowadays you have to like kind of reinvigorate your line every two years to like push any bump in sales Uh um which is no good but man i don't know like i've always felt I've always felt, and I kind of understand this. I've always felt that comic book publishers should should operate more like book publishers, and the idea that book publishers um, always play the long game. It's right. not the idea that you're not making your money off of a monthly income stream. You're making your money off a yearly income stream. Exactly. So it's how it's how does the book operate over a year? And I kind of think that you know you and I love like the runs you and I always talk about are the runs for like the nineties that lasted for like 60 issues or a hundred or 200 issues. And to me, I'm like, man, how awesome would it have been if like, you know, Gleason and Tomasi had gotten a hundred issues of Superman. It's funny. You know, I, I am right there with you. It was barely, yeah, barely 50. (laughs) Uh, I was right there with you about like how much I enjoyed those and how much I liked the long runs. But at the same time, I, the runs always petered out. You know, they mm-hmm. never finished strong. And I always kind of, and now through the lens of like Tom King's Batman, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe a hundred is too much. And maybe yeah. it's not about a number. Maybe it's about just like how much story you have left to tell. Fair. You know, Fair. Like, because I do love a good long run. But for me, you know, I was just recently talking about um, Batman runs and somebody was like, I've read all the seminal books. What, what's some Batman I got to read that's like that you like? And I'm like, I guess I got to start with like, you know, start around like Batman number 440 and go until you hit nightfall and then stop because there was this period and even before 440, but like, you know, there mm. was the what I like to call like the beginning of Tim Drake era where it's like yeah. you had people like Peter Milligan and Alan Grant and uh, you had artists like Jim Aparo, but also Norm Brayfogle and Tom yeah. Mandrake. And there were these like done in one, two, maybe three part stories, just like that kind of like that kind of almost weekly serial Batman story where you're like, oh, another adventure, another adventure, another adventure. It's not like this long, drawn-out, epic thing that needs to change everything or impact the u- the universe. It's just a... Here's or a has story to have more in the title. Right, like, here's a story where, jo- where Penguin fakes his own death. And then in the same... In, at the end of the second part, he didn't, you know. At the, at the yeah. end, at the middle of the first part, he didn't, you know, but... It- 
you're it's what you're talking about too i was going to throw in the like the, that reminds me very much of those comics at the same time the detective yeah. comics run by denny o'neill yes. with norm breitvogel yeah they were done in ones and it reminds me of post infinite crisis when paul dini took over detective yeah. and all of his issues with the exception of like i think maybe one or two storylines mm -hmm. all are done in ones right yeah well and what's frustrating is you know that's the, the parlance of comic book recommendations and talking, you know, you have to talk about, like, story. Like, what's that one? I yeah. just had difficulty trying to explain, like, what that period of Batman was, and you got to give it a name anyway. Um, yeah. With with Dini, you know, nobody really remembers the fact that he did that and that those stories were, like, still really great, good. but also really short and digestible. Uh, but they do remember, you know, like, Return of Hush. And, you know, like, you have to name those things that he did that, like had a big impact or had a big story name on it well it's the same thing too like i've been talking more and more about you know and that's definitely a product of that television has become more serialized and i think comic books have become more serialized and i make the argument that i think television is actually stronger when it's half serialized mm -hmm. so it's like you know like the the seasons that we remember like one of my favorite like i love Star Trek: d space nine right. and Star Trek: D Space Nine is a serialized television show to a point. Yeah, they the whole show is like building to this Dominion War that the Dominion is out there, and every season they give you new pieces and every. But here and there, there's a one-off. Yes. There's like, oh, here's the weird episode where Court goes to the 1940s. Here's the weird <laughs> episode where where Odo doesn't rem remember how to shapeshift, and right. you know. But generally, those stories impact later stories that are part of the serialized storyline yeah like every episode usually contributes mm -hmm. to the overall goal even if you don't realize on the and, and that to me i would be like man that's the comics that i miss like stuff like james robinson's starman yeah where it's like it all is leading to jack's journey but every once in a while like you're gonna see an episode where jack daydreams he's fighting pirates with his brother you yeah. know yeah <laughs> yeah well and, and that is comics and it's the comics that everyone refers to but maybe doesn't know to articulate because it's it, it and it has more parallels to comics than just the fact that like it has the same narrative device it yeah. also is about continuity and it's about mm -hmm. maintaining that continuity despite the fact that there is not a, like the same creative team working on that story. It's a writer's room, and some writers take point, and other writers you know, take a back seat. But for the most part, they're all collaborating on this one story that they get to put their stamp on, but still don't contradict. And maybe the reason why we like single creator runs is because that's the only time in comics where we can actually say where we actually know that they are going to take care of the continuity because at least the one writer working on this book will keep it straight if the editors or the other writing team that comes in won't you know it's fair i mean i always say the statement you make your own continuity because otherwise it's impossible and yeah. the famous len wayne len ween phrase uh where he says continuity ties your best writer to your worst writer right yeah, he's not wrong, but also I feel like I like the fact that it's part of a story where like it all kind of ha it's like life where it all happened mm -hmm. and it all mattered, you know, like. Oh, interesting. See, because I'm a, I'm exactly the opposite, like where yeah. I'm kind of like Batman three jokers. It's like if I like Batman three jokers, like Batman three jokers takes place whenever. <laughs> 
who knows it was supposed to be during rebirth but like again like we talked about like when you read the book yeah their costumes don't match anything in rebirth in fact nope batman's costume looks very michael keaton which i kind of dug yeah um and then they and then i kind of love jason Fabok's um redesign of red hood where he has like the red the robin tunic underneath his jacket i didn't notice that until the end of the issue but yes um yeah and they um, said something about that what's funny is they i remember them reading an interview with them like very recently or maybe there was a tweet where they said something like we're bringing him back to this or we're doing something with this costume as though it were going to be what we're doing going forward, which could mm-hmm. be, or it's more just like, we're just, we're treat. If we tell people that it's not in continuity, they won't buy yeah. it. <laughs> well, did you hear the original, apparently originally the original ending of doomsday clock when yeah. it was coming, when it was actually coming out on time, mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe before they released it, because they released the first issue of Doomsday Clock and everybody clocked that everybody's costumes were different. Yes. Like Batman had a completely, he had the oval. He hadn't had the oval for a long time. Oh. Um, I think, you know, every, so, and their original explanation was, was that Doomsday Clock was a year ahead of everybody else. Yes. And that the rest of the DC Rebirth would catch up. Yep. And then Doomsday Clock, clock got delayed yep. and delayed and delayed and then eventually i think they were like we can't wait on this thing no. anymore <laughs> so well it just so happened um, to be convenient because because everyone was wearing their most iconic version of their costume it could mm-hmm. take place whenever or never yeah I, well and that's the kind of the thing i think with three jokers right like i'm gonna read a story and i guess this is what i prefer i'm yeah. gonna read three jokers and based on how much i like it that's where i'm nope hang on we gotta catch up with you all good. Okay, we're back. <laughs> All right, cool. All good. Uh, so, so basically, I was going to yeah, yeah. Basically, I was going to say that like whether I like the story or not is going to determine whether it fits into my continuity. Like I, yeah. I already, I, I kind of look at comic books like Doctor Who. Doctor Who's continuity makes no damn sense, and that's part of the gag, right? You know, so like to me, comic books are the same way. Yeah, that's fair. I also, um, oh, that's funny. I also believe that, like, every, even though there is, like, you know, the, the official history of the DC Universe, the official history of the Marvel Universe, the official history of whatever, or, like, uh, a reboot or a crisis will set up the new continuity, everyone kind of has their own continuity. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's where headcanon comes from. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's I think, more subliminal than than just saying, no, in my headcanon, I have a spreadsheet that says what happened, what didn't. No, it's more about, like, subliminally you you know in your heart what did and didn't happen sins past is still in marvel continuity it is but for most people it didn't happen no it did not happen for editors it didn't happen for people who've never read spider-man and are gonna jump in for the first time it didn't happen i mean for me i ignore one more day you gotta i i do you mean Spider-Man making a deal with the devil just doesn't track? No, and what's funny is they keep <laughs> reminding you. Like, that's one of those things where they just keep reminding you that it did happen. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. past, they rarely do. And when they do, it's like a very slight nod just to remind you, like, don't worry, I also <laughs> read these things. Like, Can you can, can you remember the deal, oh, man? <laughs> I know where you're going uh, I was with this. Gonna, I was going to make a joke, and now I'm going to... I think I'm going to step away from it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, reading Three Jokers, number one, it's it's out now. It's available in like a crazy amount of covers. The pre-order sales, as I understand it, are astronomical in today's climate. Jeff Johns sells books. Right. That's one thing you have to understand. Like Jeff Johns, um, for whatever you want to say about that man and whatever Ray Fisher wants to say about that guy on Twitter. Um, yeah. 
he sells comic books right if you put his name on a comic book and and also he's written some of the greatest comic book runs of all time in my opinion like he has like i, I for me he has the best run on green lantern of bar none yeah um like i can't think of another green lantern run i think even comes close yeah, he would be one um, of the most seminal green lantern authors over yeah. the last 30 years yeah um so he sells books so i you know it doesn't surprise me that this one sold um yeah so do you want to like do we want to talk a little bit non-spoilery about the issue and like should. our thoughts on it because yeah, yeah, again this thing has been like they've it's... talked about this thing for years yeah. and now we can finally see it. yeah so my my question to you is uh you know it's not done so obviously and it's only three parts and yep. it, it's a very long issue it, it which was, i really like i was surprised i was like here's where it's yep. gonna stop and it didn't and i'm like oh thank you um was it worth the wait I'm going to say yes and no. Yeah. Because there's nothing in the issue that really knocked my socks off. Same here. But <laughs> I still thought it was good. I agree. I, I recognize it is it is a excellently executed comic book. Mm -hmm. But like you, nothing shocked me or hit me like in my bones. Yeah. Like, I had more of a strong reaction to some of the Doomsday Clock issues than I mm -hmm. did this yet. And that's and I'm going to reserve judgment because um, I will say, you know, the art is spectacular. Oh, Jason Fabok has secretly been um, one of the stealth weapons of the DC universe that nobody gives enough credit. No. And it's funny because I remember the first time... Um, clocking jason fabok was because that's when he was drawing batman eternal yeah which is a series that i deeply dislike <laughs> but i was buying it for his art because i was just like i was reading it and be like why is this guy on the weekly book this is the guy that should be drawing bat the main title yeah every time you see him every time you saw his batman you're like why isn't he on the main book it must yep. be that he just needs more time which is fair but mm -hmm. he's on the weekly book how did that happen i don't know but yeah he, yeah you are correct. Like he does have a very Gary Frank style. Mm -hmm. there, there was a lot of times where I was looking at his Batman in this issue and I was kind of like, oh, is that the Batman Earth one Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to seeing his Batman because it's such a, I don't know, idyllic Batman. It's like, it's mm -hmm. like a distilled. This is, this is Batman the way that like, you know, that in some Warner brothers, Hollywood, in Michael Uslan's office, there is a portrait of Batman and he's like, mm -hmm. that's Batman. And every time they make a movie or something, he points to, he's like, that's Batman. Jason, Do you know what the portrait looks like? I don't. I assume it's one of those like hodgepodge pictures of like all the actors. It's a, it's like, you know, some male actor that doesn't really exist. That's like, has a, is a strong jaw, black hair, you know, that I was hoping you were going to say like, it's a poster from the 1966 Adam West right. Batman. He's like, that's Batman. we're never going <laughs> to, we're going to just, we got to get here. Um, <laughs> based on the they they did an entire fandom panel where they just made fun of the adam west show oh uh screw them uh, right like that was the the panel was let's mst3k this thing we own that is a lot of people's gateway to the property mm. including probably everyone who worked on the fandom yeah i was like yeah. oh, how mean-spirited was that <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame because Batman 66 does not deserve. I'm I'm so happy like um, 
one of my uh, fondest memories of working at DC was um, they they always had the 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 room that had all the consumer products, which I think you might have seen as well. I um, I've seen the products. I've never been in the office. Oh, okay. So like they they took me into the room, and the, one of the first things I grabbed was back in the day Mattel made. Um, a Batman 66 and a Robin 66, but they're, it's, they're hooked to the wall and they're holding the rope. And so like, I grabbed that so quickly and it still hangs in my kitchen to this day. So Batman and Adam West, Batman and Robin are climbing my kitchen cabinets. (laughs) I really like that. I have to see that now. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to all Google it. I won't make you have to get up. I'll take a a picture after the stream. Yeah. One of my, my, one of my earliest introductions to Robin was the 66 show. And because it was like a comic accurate, in real life, I was I was taken aback. Um, I always loved Burt Ward's Robin. It's still, be honest with you, it's still, and we talk about this a, a lot. That um, my wife and I talk about this a lot too. Where Burt Ward's Robin is, I think, a big reason why we haven't seen Robin in the main movies. Because I think people, I think people mostly think about Burt Ward's Robin and how let's be honest how lame a character he is because he is lame he's annoying he's yep. he's like very annoying and i think a lot of people think robin is annoying because of batman 66 yes. and you're like no but tim drake right you know? well even well and dick like you had yeah. you had 30 years of robin before the show even happened and he yeah. had agency um but yeah anyway but my, my point is just like they don't have a lot of reverence for the 66 show uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Faybach is like, when he draws Batman, he doesn't draw like this version of Batman or like my Batman, you know, like mm-hmm. Bray Fogel's Batman's Bray Fogel's Batman. Uh, you know, Capullo's Batman is Capullo's Batman. Faybach's Batman is everybody's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because you don't generally see that anymore. Like no. people usually are so specific with their style, like yeah, Faybox art really lends itself to being like this is the entire DC universe right. that you're seeing here. Um, I want to mention too, um, and this is not a spoiler bit. Okay, is that I love that the beginning of the issue is framed around Batman's scars. Yes, the idea that like there's the sequence where you see Alfred is like healing the cuts, and then they they go closer on some of the scars, and then they do the sequence where they show you like, oh, this is where Bane broke his back. This is where Killer Croc bit his arm. Yeah. And to be honest with you, outside of an image in Batman Black and White that Alex Ross drew where he saw the scar, <laughs> which is a great image, um, I don't know. Can you... I don't know if we've ever done something like that in Batman comics before. And that to me, if that's true, then that's a testament to Jeff Johns that you can add something new to a character that's been around for 80 years. I will. There is one in, there's one instance in which that happened. Yeah. Uh, it was, and it might've been, it might actually be in the collected volume now, but it was in a bonus story for wizard magazine by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee from hush. Oh, is that Hush one and a half or yes. a half? Or, yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, you're right. Where uh, where Catwoman is like looking at him being patched up and we see a couple of flashbacks done in that beautiful like painted Jim Lee style. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. Most people don't know this, but mm-hmm. back in the day, Jeff Johns and Jeff Loeb shared an office oh. in Hollywood. <laughs> so, And they shared that office when Jeff Loeb was working on Hush. So I'm just going to say that like they came up with that together right and they both said that that we can and it just took jeff johns like 20 years to get to it (laughs) (laughs) that's fair um but great but 
there's nothing derivative or um, exploitative about the sequence in Three Jokers number one. Uh, that sequence is excellent uh, it, mm-hmm. and and highlights some of the some of Faybach's strengths in fight composition because you don't get a lot of it. There's not a lot of fighting in this issue. And no. so he's like, here's some here's some highlights. And what's funny to me was when we saw the Bane sequence, I was like, ooh, like because every time you reference Bane for me, I'm like, oh, it's in continuity because you're time dating it. Yeah, because for me, I'm like, oh, well, yep. Bane, Bane isn't really iconic. Bane like death doesn't... of Superman, the same yeah. thing. Like if you if you time, if you say death of Superman happened, you're just like, oh, boom. OK, right. got it. Like if you put Doomsday in your story, OK, it's in continuity because Doomsday is an exploitative thing that existed yep. to, to be in continuity and kill Superman. End of story. You got me. But. I thought we were going to get iconic moments from like from some of the most seminal seminal battles between Batman and those characters, but they're just made up stuff, which I was fine with. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, uh, like he fights the Riddler and I was like, OK, eh, that wasn't really as exciting as I that wasn't as as satisfying of a memorable scar from the Riddler that I was hoping for. But again, like mm. this is very much it's very nitpicky. It's very like Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, but I also love too, if you look through that sequence, you do see the adjustments of Batman's costume. Like it sort of like moves through the eras yep. a little bit, which yep. I think is very good. Um we also got to give a mad shout out to uh Brad Anderson because yes. I think the coloring is fantastic yeah. in this issue. It Absolutely. is so good. Well, the thing is, the whole issue, hopefully this whole series, is, like, it's had three years in development. It doesn't take Faybach three years to draw three issues, so they've had a lot of time to make it as, like, exemplary as possible. I hope so, yeah. The only thing that... for some of the movies that have been delayed. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) But I I, I think it's expertly crafted. And I I think one of the things that's like a really nice testament is actually on the cover, you see equal size in the lettering for Johns, Faybach, and Anderson. And so it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. no, Anderson is doing as much heavy lifting as Faybach or Johns in executing the Jokers. Can I ask you a question? I know they've revealed this somewhere and you might know this uh, more than me. Mm -hmm. So we do see... I mean, okay, this isn't I this is a slight spoiler for everybody yeah. out there, but they've they've talked about this in the press, so I don't know if it's that much of a spoiler actually. Uh-huh. So okay, slight spoilers, everybody. Right now, three, two, one. There are three jokers in the issue. And they've revealed in the press who the three jokers are. Um, do you know who they are? Because I, I for me, I'm looking at the issue and it's like one of them is the killing joke joker yes. one of them is like the joker of the 70s who kind of did the the joker fish and killed jason todd yep and then it seems like the third one is the golden age joker that's right yep you oh, know is it. that correct okay. yeah it's all right yeah the, um actually jason fabok has a youtube channel uh, oh does he and if you haven't subscribed you should he has like a few thousand I- um, to right now yeah he and he goes into like the development of all the apocalypse yeah the fake right, apocalypse <laughs> um he he did all the variants for this book oh wow of which there are many um oh, it took a hundred years right and he talks about which joker each one is and he says like the one is the methodical like there are there are poses that he's actually homaging from the seminal moments that they that they came from in this issue or in those issues 
Um, but yeah, methodical, like Batman number one Joker is the non-smiling Joker. It's the one who killed Jason Todd and used uh, the laughing fish. And mm-hmm. and the other one is the killing joke Joker. But they also reference that like one of them is also, well, they're going to reference the end game New 52 Joker. Oh, I wish they wouldn't. But I okay. know he's, I think one of the variants, but like they, I think he's going to be in it. And I either, and based on the plot, mm-hmm. he could be a fourth Joker. Okay. All right. So um, do we want to get into full spoiler territory? Because I think we're at the point now where maybe we want to talk about the ending and, and then also like give some theories yeah. about the Joker themselves right. and what the hell we think this issue is trying to tell us. Exactly. Exactly. So we are going to get into wanna... spoiler territory. So if you are watching, for the ending. we don't want to ruin it for you. I, and, and the book literally came out this morning. morning. So I really yeah. don't want to ruin it for you. So please, if you're listening, don't, <laughs> uh, if you don't want to be spoiled uh, and warn anybody else yeah. who's around you. Um, so, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about the ending of Three Jokers. We are going to talk about the ending of Three Jokers, number one, everybody. So please, again, watch it. Because I'm, I'm very much a anti-spoiler person myself, and we've done a lot and to we, prevent it. And we actually, like, to be honest with you, I think we can talk about this without even telling you what the final scene is, yeah. which is the, probably the biggest spoiler of the entire book. We will not mention that at all. Yeah, there's something that happens in this issue where I went, ah, that's the big moment they want us to talk about. Yeah, and we will not talk about that and moment. we will not. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So... Um, yeah. Okay, so big spoiler. Right. Three, two, one. All right. So this issue yeah. really gives the idea that the Joker acid. Yeah. If you touch it, you become a Joker. Right. And so for me, and let, let me tell you, the impression I was getting from this issue was, oh, so everybody that has ever touched the Ace Chemicals whatever yeah. has possibly been a Joker. One, of the, one of the Jokers we've seen over the last 80 years of Batman. Yeah. Is that, was that what you got from this issue as well? I did. <clears throat> um, okay. Because, well... <sighs> This issue had a lot of references and it was a very it was very reference heavy and I was almost like a little a little done by the time we got to the three bodies and I was like okay we get it these are the guys from from these are the guys who look like guys from Killing Joke why are we doing this but yeah there I don't know what the plan is besides that like Golden Age Joker is like we're like this that it's that it's deliberate Mhm yeah i don't know i don't know like because again like we we see all three of those jokers in the same house in this old like house yep they're talking to each other and it seems like golden age joker is their boss yes. because golden age joker is maybe the first by the way i will credit jeff johns for um doing the golden age joker because that has always been my favorite Joker because I read that issue and as a reprint when I was a kid in junior high, when I first get into comic books yeah. and I always loved the idea of the Joker, like going on the radio and being like, I will murder this person at midnight. Yep. Stop. And then somehow he does it. Yep. You know, I always, I always really liked that. And then, so when the Joker became like fish, <laughs> I was like, I don't like this as much. Right. right. Um, you know, I always felt like the Joker is this guy that if you turned into an alleyway and saw the Joker there, you would like just immediately crap yourself. Yes. Um, <laughs> like he's that scary. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so yeah, I don't know. So yeah, and if that's the case, that they're saying that that's the reason why they've been like a billion Jokers, right? And that's the reason why you can't identify the Joker because there's also another line in this mm-hmm. where the Golden Age Joker specifically calls uh, the Killing Age joke Joker a failed comedian. Yes. So we know that's we we are definitively saying that's the one from Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah, you know, and. Um, I don't know, man. It, uh, you know, it's interesting where um, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I will say, like, I am not a big fan of the in-game Joker. Right. I don't. I don't like this idea that the Joker is like this eternal demon oh, he, creature. Well, he's, he's not. He was lying. Sure. I really, but, I really, um, I literally reread Endgame like two or three days ago because I was like. Because I was talking to Scott and I felt bad for like crapping all over Endgame. And I was like, all right, let me give this another try. And I was like, no, I really don't like this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually liked that better than what we got. Mm-hmm. Which was that he's a fraud who has really good Photoshop skills. Um, I don't know. I I don't like that. I don't like it either because he's like, clearly Snyder's Joker is operating on the assumption there are there is one joker and yeah and he's like a he's like an updated hodgepodge of everything that you know about the joker which is mm. fair i'm i'm down for that uh but yeah i don't like it as much as i like the joker i'm fam- the joker i know the joker i, I can identify the joker that yeah. you see in every story pre 1999 like up until about like uh, uh, no man's land, you're like, I get the Joker and every Joker yeah. is the same Joker. Yeah. You know, I always liked the idea that Grant Morrison introduced into Batman RIP where the idea that like the reason why the Joker changes is because his brain is unstable. Right. Like he's insane. So that's the reason why like, every two or three years he changes. And I kind of thought that was like the perfect retcon for yes. why the Joker has changed. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, yeah, a crazy man would look different every two or three years yeah. or act completely different. Um, you know, it's interesting because I will say that I think this idea that there are all kinds of people, there could be all, there's more, it definitely leans to the idea that there's more than just three. Right. Um, it's just that these are the three that are caught now. Well, I think that's why um, this book is called the three jokers because it's like, no, 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 no. There's like 12 jokers. Yeah. It's just, we're going to talk about these three. <laughs> Like, yeah. You know, I, I, I think from a writer's standpoint, I think that's a very interesting idea and I kind of see um, why you pitch it. Yeah. I will say that again, this is without having read the other two issues. Um, that leans to me for my continuity, that this is going to be off in its side. Like I'm not going to incorporate this into my Batman continuity. Right. I think. Well, I, and I think that that would be wise, but I also fear that, based on the sales and the impact that this will have on the bat mythos suggests to me that the next writer won't be able to help themselves. Fair. Like fair. It's inevitable. We're going to get five jokers, 12 jokers, nonstop jokers. The, you know, if any jokers, you know, don't make it out of this, out of the series, they'll come back and they'll be the same Joker as before. We'll have imposter jokers. You thought I was the killing joke Joker, but I'm actually the golden age Joker. Like you're going to see an exploitation of this concept. To it's going to be, imp- yeah, it's going to be imposter Joker war. By the way, <laughs> I want to give a, 
I want to give a, a tip out there to all the fans listening. Um, you know, I hope many of you want to write comic books someday, and I hope many of you do write Batman someday. Yeah. I would love to read your Batman. I would, run. T- I would love to. Yeah. Pro tip for you. <laughs> Stop putting war in the title of your comic book events, right. because we're now three events deep of where joke and war is in the title. Yes. Yes. <laughs> No more. I mean, well, no Marvel War in the title. I mean, Marvel did the market research. War, secret, those work. They sell. Yeah. Little boys like Go those words. Look, it's already established that, like, Batman has a tie to battle. So put battle in there. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, do we, <laughs> there are other words that mean conflict that aren't the yeah. biggest conflict. But that's the thing yeah. is it has to be the biggest. I know, I know. And stop, but just stop, stop using Joker and war in the same. I mean, like we got, this is literally, there's nothing more. There's the laughing war, the comedian, the war of comedians. I mean, like Joker war is pretty definitive. Like I'm not saying the story is, but I am saying that like, if you know, if you're going to call your book, the Joker war, there's not much, you know, it's, it's, you can't really go much farther than that. Oh, we're going to get three Joker war, three Joker war, (laughs) war of the three Jokers. Yeah joker identity crisis we're gonna see a lot oh, of this we haven't even touched the surface on crises um oh boy yeah the joker we have crisis it. no i think crises of uh for for to be honest with you i once you do once you do final crisis it's like put it to bed it's over right it's <laughs> yeah yeah but no heroes in crisis um, oh boy the uh <laughs> ultimately though when i read this issue you know i was like yeah. finally but i tried to divorce myself from the time and the and and, 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 and just I, go like, I took it as it was right let's just look at this book hey new book mm-hmm. it it is spectacular looking and yes i and i i was intrigued by the interplay between the protagonists mm-hmm. but there was nothing there that made me go like holy shit I need, I can't wait for issue two. Here's the thing I would say about that. And I, I agree with you. There's nothing in this that made me be immediately be like, I have to read issue two. Right. But I will say this. When you think about it, if this issue had come out oh. in 2016. <laughs> yes. If you think about it, if we had read this within a year of seeing yeah, Batman right. find the Watchmen button. Yep. You and I would have done an Elseworlds exchange in like 2017 being like, holy crap, DC's amazing. Yes. You know? Yeah. Well, because because they would have been because they were able to pull off this hat trick of like yeah. of setup and execution and and promise and 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 yet here we are instead with well, I mean, like they all came out at different times, but like they are still technically good books. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I have to give by the way, enough. I'm sorry, I I yeah. laugh because in the chat, um, everybody is giving their Joker War yes, pitches. World War Joker. <laughs> and for me, the best one is Paul Baker did two jokes, two riddles. <laughs> <laughs> two jokes, two riddles, four Batman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the next one? Four Batman. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. So there's there is there's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. There's uh, John Paul Valley. Yep. There's Dick Grayson. Yep. There's going to be Luke uh, Fox. He's going to be Batman eventually. Luke Fox. Uh, Red Hood put on it in Battle for the Cow. Oh, Tim sure. Drake did too. So now it's six Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six Batman. <laughs> War of the six Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a whole crisis about Batman. I mean, they you did. Could. The, the, well, I think I think 
think I even mentioned it on this program once before, um, and it seems like they're doing with this Flashpoint movie, that I always said that the movie version of Crisis on Infinite Earth should be all the five bat movie Batmans meeting each other. That'd be cool. You I know? mean, we're going to get maybe one. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get a movie with two, Like, because I have a prediction that bat- Batfleck uh, dies at the beginning of Flashpoint. Sure. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, maybe they even open Flashpoint with that, like, that crazy oh, yeah. future. I, I think it's the teaser. I think it's the teaser. I think Bath like dies, and then that's what makes Barry run into the past. But yeah. anyways, we're talking about three Jokers three here. Three Jokers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah well, look here, I, I would say, to be honest with you, based on just the issue, no circumstances of it being delayed, no circumstances of anything else. I mean, if I was rating this do you rate it a five or a ten i don't know uh i usually do 10 because it has more nuance five it's like it's kind of all all, all end all be all you know what i mean you know if this is a 10 out of a scale of 10 10 being the best i'm probably giving this a 7.5 mm-hmm. like this is a solid yeah 7.5 if not an eight like this is a like the art's astounding the coloring's astounding the yes. writing's really good it is engaging right um and it's intriguing and that's what i read so many there's so many modern comic books where you read them and you're just like okay yes did anything happen in 20 pages doesn't seem like it (laughs) yeah and 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 in this several things happen right like there are several turns now part of that is also it's you know 48 pages i believe but it it felt great like it was a it was a robust book that didn't feel too long that's the thing is that it is an for me it's an eight because it's just an execution alone it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's Everyone is in character. There's twists and turns for those characters that is that are believable and you know part of that. Uh, the the art and the scripting yeah. and like it's all great for me. The only thing that's holding it back from being a ten is like, do I now that I see it executed, do I even like the premise? Well, and that's yeah, that's something I would agree with. Is I don't know how much I care about learning that there are more jokers or anything like that i also but but i'm also like the worst person to ask for this because the joker has never been and never will be my favorite batman villain right <laughs> and i also think he's overused so it's like one of those things where it's like if you give me more joker it's just going to kind of make me be like well i don't need more of that <laughs> yeah, if this had been the only joker story if there wasn't uh yes if there wasn't a joker war happening at the exact same time if if, if Doomsday Clock didn't happen yet, or if it had just happened, you know, I'd be in a much more different position. Yeah, Batman Who Laughs right. makes it so there's a, there was already two Jokers as it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. Like, in, and see, that's the power, too. And this is a thing that I we try to say all the time on our podcast, that, like, fans, this is why, you, like, when you hear writers say this phrase of, like, you don't give the fans what they want. You give the fans what they need. Right. Um, and fans get mad at that statement. And I understand. <laughs> I'm a fan too. Because if you're a fan of the Joker, you're constantly like, gimme, 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 gimme. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, you know what? If we take the Joker off the board for three years, yeah. we say editorial mandate. The Joker cannot appear in any book right. for three years. You want to read the Joker? Go read the past stuff. Three years of nothing, and then three Jokers hits. This hits like a nuclear bomb. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like, it would sell like three hundred thousand copies. People would be going crazy about this book, and everybody'd be like, "Oh my god!" But it's because of um, the anticipation, and you know, you miss Joker. But because Joker hasn't left comic books for twenty years, there's been no, there's been no drought. There's been no yeah. absence. He has not had any break. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's had no break. And to be honest with you, I almost like he's overused now. He's so overused yes. right now. Yeah, yeah. And and it's 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 bad enough that he's overused and it, this is a joker. This is, this is like a a this is a seminal this is attempting to be a seminal joker story in an age when we have the Joker war and it's already oversaturated and the book is about having extra jokers, more jokers. like more jokers. if it were a meta commentary about the oversaturation of joker that would be kind of brilliant i hope it might actually be going in that direction i you know what i will tell you this my friend um if that is where this is going right? then i will stand up and applaud jeff johns yes. if, if this is a story about how the how they're yeah joker is too overexposed there's too much of him yep well done uh, I'll be honest with you, dude. If you want, I'll be down. If you if you want to like make an Elseworlds exchange for every one of these Joker oh, issues, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I, it's not much of a commitment. There's only two more left, so we could do that. Yeah, there's only two more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, that'd be great. Because I think. Do we want to dive into some super chats? I think we have to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> um, by the way, just tossing it out there. If they do decide, like, we're gonna like, no, no, no. It's the three Jokers, but we're gonna make like a hundred Jokers. I hope they do like the definitive art for like you know female joker like the first female joker and it's like Ooh. they really overdo it and then it's like and then she dies immediately like no this is the thing that they're gonna do for the next 30 years <laughs> but it, and it's really and it's creatively bankrupt so don't like it yeah it, well it's it's funny because it'll be just the opposite of like dark knight's metal where it's like okay how many evil versions of batman yes. can we have and this one will be like how many different versions of jokers and then i'll say jeff johns you should have retitled this into infinite jokers <laughs> that's the sequel that he's setting up that won't happen for another 10 years uh, yeah just for me too so this issue is great and all but does it even matter the reason this story was worth a damn was that it mattered in the con the long continuity of batman if not then the story kind of loses its mystique the question is, I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, when if you only care about continuity, no. But if you care about story and story matters, like, if it's good, that's what matters. Like, I think that's, I, like, you know. If you care about the concept of Batman and the concept of Joker, right. then continuity shouldn't matter. Right. right. But I understand your point. I think your point is more like what we were talking about, where it's like, if this had come out in, like, maybe the first or the second year of Rebirth, it would be so much more important Absolutely. than what it is now. Yeah, we'd be yeah. excited about it in continuity, but as it stands, we can we can be excited about it being a Batman book and it being exactly. a crazy Joker story. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Paul Baker and again, uh, the, thing, oh. the, thing, the easiest thing to compare this to is the Killing Joke was never meant to be in continuity. It was always supposed to be a one shot. Yes, and it wasn't until John Ostrander threw Oracle into Suicide Squad yes. and showed Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair that it was confirmed that it was in continuity. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? Paul Baker said, uh, I was very happy at how Jason was written in this episode. Lodell's characterization has completely warped him for the last decade, so this was nice to see. For me, I didn't really see much of a difference. Not that I had a problem with it, but it was more like, I was like, yeah, you know, like, this is this is what I know Jason to be. I don't read Red Hood. I don't read any of the books he appears in. I especially don't read anything that Scott Lodell will write, but, like, I, like from what I remember from like under the red hood and like his occasional appearances throughout Batman's history from there, I'm like, yeah, it's Jason. And I like, I, I really like John's portrayal of him. I think it's a pretty in, in keeping version of his character. I, I agree. I, yeah, I didn't really see too much difference between this one and the main. And the only thing that Scott Liddell does is he kind of makes him more, um, I want to say more like Matt Murdock. He's more flamboyant. He's more adventurous kind of a thing, but I don't mind that because I think it's a natural progression to the character. Um, this feels more like the under the red hood, Jason Todd. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I like it though. I this is the, this I don't is, mind it. I, I remember them saying like Red, Red Hood is going to be a main character in this book, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of disappointed by that, but like, you know what? I'm excited to see what Johns wants to say with him in this context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let's see. We got uh, Miko draw. Money right off the bat to not give Warner Brothers or AT&T any ideas on making a Three Jokers movie with a digitized ledger. First time catching the show live. Love you. Thank you very much, Miko Draw. Yeah, I hope we never get that. Um, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> I, think we will. I do think we will. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think some Warner Brothers executive will see this book and be like, there's a book called Three Jokers. Why don't we do some version of that? Right? Oh, yeah. Well, and they don't care. You know, they're not like, well, was do it. We already just... have two of them. We have Jared Leto and we have Joaquin. We, we only need a third. Right? And, and, and by the way, if you don't think Robert Pattinson's The Batman is going to set up a Joker, you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> I hope <laughs> it does. I want to see work. that. Like, I want to see this, this universe's Joker. I hope it's yeah. a different one. I hope it's their Joker. Yeah. Uh, KT83976, Bruce doesn't have time with three Jokers. He apparently couldn't tell Damien had PTSD from watching Alfred's death. Um, Damien won't be in this book. <laughs> because there are, like, you could tell there are certain writers who are like, I love Damien, or I find that interesting. And there's some writers who are like, he should never have been invented. I, you know, I wonder if... Um... If John's idea of that is because he doesn't want to make Jason Todd too old right. because the idea is that Jason Todd was a teenager when he was killed by the Joker. And if you introduce Damien, then you're introducing this whole thing of like, oh, has a decade passed since right. this happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damien makes things very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Luke Varillo says Court of Owls is seemingly everywhere now, debuting across multiple Batman medias like Gotham Knights, maybe the Batman, maybe? Uh, is Three Jokers going to be another story that Hollywood wants to adapt? Joker makes Warner Brothers money after all. Well, you mentioned Rob Liefeld's point about clowns. There's no way that they won't... If if multiple Batman in the Flash movie works, multiple Jokers will be a thing they want to do. They're going to do... They're going to do some version of this story. To be honest with you, it would not surprise me if they If... It would not surprise me if there's some future version of a Batman movie where he fights multiple Jokers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, actually. It's like print, it'll be like printing money for them. Absolutely. And it would. Yeah. That's the thing. The, the most would. frustrating thing yeah. is it would make money. I don't know if I want, I want, I don't want to give them my money about that, but I'm afraid it would still make money. Yeah, I think that would be one of the instances where I wouldn't pay for that ticket because I'm like, I definitely want to vote for my dollar. Yes. Uh, Shivan Guar says, uh, Hey guys, love you both. Been following both your channels for about hey. seven years, and I have oh, too wow. much to say in just one chat, but just take care. Loved Three Jokers. Cool. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Psycho Red, my favorite rebirth titles was Titans, Batman Beyond, and The Button. However, that one, however, that one counts. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the I button, don't... the button I feel is more like work. <laughs> like it was the button, you, but here's the thing about the button you can tell. Um, you can tell that the button was a stopgap because Doomsday Clock was delayed. Right. Like they 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 were expecting Doomsday Clock to come out when the button happened. Yeah. And then it apparently wasn't even anywhere close. I don't know whether that was Gary's fault or Jeff's. I don't know. Who knows? Um, and Who so they were like, we need some sort of story, but we can't actually have an ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get Jason Fabok to do some really yeah. awesome looking stuff. Um, yeah, let's have him chase a button, and then maybe that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that'll satisfy people. It did. Uh, spoilers. Robert Core, which rebirth loss hurts you the most? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Like, uh, like, I guess, like the stuff. That... Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Like, what era? Like, you know, like Superman 
having a family that's like rebirth superman i, I think that oh, also yeah, sucks yeah. Like, that's the worst I mean, one for Anyways. yeah for me it's john kent yeah. because i think i just completely disagree with aging john kent up completely yeah. Um, like him being the same age as Damien, the the Super Sons, the the fact that Rebirth was able to take this silly and dumb Silver Age concept, yep, and modernize it. And I have the Super Sons Omnibus on my shelf. Me it too. is such a great run. Yes, it's so good. And the fact that 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 DC was like, no, nah, let's get rid of the Super Sons. I'm like, are you crazy? Uh, like, yeah. you know how many movies and animated projects and action figures you could make based off of these guys? They're the perfect, it's the perfect way to make kids care about Superman. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Which is already hard. Right. Uh, <laughs> the fake Grant Morrison, unfortunately can't stick around for the live show. I just wanted to hop in and say that I recently picked up Jupiter Jet Volume 1 and it was absolutely lovely. Thanks, my, man. Officially my niece's first comic. Great work. Thanks, great more. Oh, that's Morrison. awesome. That's that, always the good. That's yeah. always good news when you when you when you learn that your comic book is like somebody Sounds else's first. first. So I'm, I, that's a that's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Totally. Meow Nian. Uh, in retrospect, Rebirth kind of felt like Marvel's heroic age, which also sort of ended too early. Thanks for the fun times. Thank you, Meow. Yeah, man. Same thing. I remember heroic age, like heroic age, and then it just kind of yeah. ah, whatever the next event is, we'll stop that. You know. Ah. Yeah, that's when Marvel was like. And they still sort of did this all the way to Marvel now where they wanted to like title everything mm -hmm. and you were kind of like, what are you doing? Like there's too many titles or there's yeah. too many banners on top of your books. Right. So. Well, it worked for uh, Dark Reign. Dark Reign was so successful. I remember that. They're like, do that forever. Yeah. Uh, Luke Virill. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Williams. Dance Lot is a good example of fatigue in a comic run. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like Dance Lot's run. You can tell by the time he gets to Red Goblin that like... I kind of think he should have ended with worldwide. Right. Like, cause I like the story of Peter's company being large, but mm -hmm. the company, as soon as the company went bankrupt, I think that's where he should have said goodbye, everybody. I'm right. walking off the stage. I put him back where he came from. Goodbye. But also, I mean, I love superior Spider-Man. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's the apex of his run. Like that's the top. And like, but also like, you know, the, one of the hardest things to do as a creator is to know when to leave the stage. It's really hard. And right. when you have like a book, I know how much Dan Slott loves Spider-Man. Like he desperately loves that character. It's yes. his favorite character. And I kind of understand at the same time where you'd be like, I don't want to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't blame him for sticking around, um, you know, longer than he did. Right. Uh, Luke Varillo delays. Keep me a trade paperback collector and not a regular comic subscriber. Imagine if TV shows didn't have new episodes ready each week, not during COVID artists and writers should be held accountable. Um, it's a fair point. Yeah. It's a fair point. It's the only industry where this, where this is a thing where it's like this weekly model of delays, because this is a fact that I've always heard from people, the comic book historians and stuff like that. They always say, yeah. nobody remembers that Watchmen was delayed. Yeah. Nobody remembers no. that Watchmen was delayed because they just remember it as the trade paperback, but it was delayed. Like several issues of it were delayed. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody knew, like, you know, it was going to be, it, 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 there wasn't, like, anticipation like there would be, like there was for Doomsday yeah. Clock. Um, what's it called? Uh, Luke S681, I think if you have a huge story that's going to affect the continuity going forward and you want it to come out quickly, Gary Frank shouldn't draw it. Um, I think yeah. that if you have the plan and you know your people, <laughs> I, I don't think it was all Gary Frank's fault. I'll just say that. I think, so this is, this is a rule... You know, give me all the money and put me in charge of DC or Marvel, or whoever, you know, or all of the comic book industry. Yeah. 
to me, our publicity team would not talk about or even hint or even solicit. The biggest problem is they'll solicit the story before it's done. I think you shouldn't solicit one issue until the entire arc is done. Yes. That way it also, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but it also allows you to... To keep to preserve the story as it is and not change when the winds cross or when yes, someone on Twitter based starts on fans, yeah, because that they didn't do that back in the day because they were like, yeah. who cares? They'll buy it. They're gonna buy it anyway. Who gives a shit? And it's like, yeah, yeah put it out anyway. They'll either buy it or they won't. And I, I agree with that. Like, and that's the biggest problem is that they talk, they like they mentioned three jokers. And I get it from a publicity standpoint. You're like, Jeff Johns on the Joker. We want to talk about this. Yes. But they shot themselves in the foot because it took four years for it to come out. Yeah. Right. You know, and so this book, even though it's going to sell really well, I guarantee you its numbers would have been double. Yeah. If it had come out when it, it's, it's, it was the problem. It's the same problem as uh, early image. Right. Those books were huge, but their sales started dwindling like crazy because their books were delayed. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they were the mockery. Like they were the number two publisher, but like everyone professionally made a joke at their expense because they like like you don't know your business. Like you don't know how to like mm-hmm. budget your time. You're all you know, you're all just making fun of stuff or you're yep. you're making your flash, but you're not actually putting anything out. And he is correct. Television does not do that. Neither does movies. So like um, most recent example, Star Trek Discovery was supposed to come out in like spring, then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, And instead of just releasing it, right. And they were releasing weekly, but they were not finished. Like their post-production was not done. They were like, you know what? Let's delay this because we don't have as many people working on this Mm -hmm. and we don't want to like get to episode seven and then be like, well, you got to wait four months. You mean like Rick and Morty? (laughs) Yeah, like Rick and Morty, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, All good. Luke, uh, David Skelton says, just wanted to say hi to Jason. Jupiter Jet 1 and 2 are so fun. Read it. Love when you all get oh, together and talk you. comics. Thank you very much, David. David yeah. is an awesome patron of mine, So, uh, and I, I always appreciate his support. So I love that he showed up in the chat today. Same here. Uh, Joe Aldrich says, hey, guys, love the show. Hope you have a great day, and here's some money to help keep the lights on. Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate it. Really oh, does wow. help. Old South lights are on, so it's yeah, working. That's right. Uh, infamous <laughs> Cavalier, I'm glad to see Jason being used more. <laughs> I don't like. I don't want to call it being used. Are you used. using Is that what this oh, is? You are being used. We are raking you over the coals. <laughs> no, uh, we appreciate Jason being on the show. We're really lucky to have you. I love I love coming on the comic pop every single time. So we love it's an honor for me. Uh, Tevia, why did DDO kill Rebirth with Bendis? Bendis is not the one the one thing that happened. Uh, it's a gross misunderstanding to suggest that like Bendis showed up with a butcher's knife and slaughtered a guy who doesn't work for the company anymore's direction that he didn't have agency over for a year before Bendis showed up. Like the, I'm sorry. No, he didn't kill the Dio did not kill rebirth with Bendis. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where do you think if you had to pick, yeah. cause I honestly don't know, right. where would you say is the line? Like where is the end of rebirth? Right. Heroes in because crisis. Because it is somewhere in there. It is, it's, it is pre-Bendis Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Heroes in Crisis. Oh, really? I think Heroes in Crisis is the bullet in DC Rebirth. I don't think it's like the thing that changed. Like, <clears throat> cause they ended the whole Wally storyline. They ended the Wally storyline and disrupted it in such a way that clearly indicated that's not the direction you were going to go in. And oh, ret- and retconned DC Universe Rebirth. Did they? Yeah, because uh, they cha- when they when they show the, the Barry Wally embrace, 
they then show you like Wally being like, you know, Barry being like, you're hope. And Wally being like, oh, like Wally clearly not wanting to be hope anymore. And it's like, so you you deliberately changed the tone and direction of the inception of DC Rebirth with this event. Oh, interesting. I hmm. was like, ooh, that is a that is a choice. You're probably right. You're probably I, I, that's not a bad point. It's probably Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. Right. What do you <laughs> What did you think it was originally? No, I have no idea. I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those hard things where it's, it's so nebulous. You're yeah. just like, I, mean, I know it's not when they took off the banner, right? Because they took it off. Like, they took it off like 20 issues in, I think. Yeah. 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 Which is smart. So, I'm glad they did. Um, yeah. Stephen Price, do you think they will have a cop out ending? No. Uh, unless you think the Doomsday Clock had a cop out ending, in which case, yeah. Um, hmm. I was not a fan of Doomsday Clock's ending. Mm. Um, I was. I, I, I liked it. I was like, ooh, like. But again, I I like it. I I, I in my own head canon, I'm like, no, this is what happened. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is real. I also I also will like just say that like I was just not a fan of Doomsday Clock all around, just because I I just don't think the Watchmen should meet the DC universe and mm-hmm. like they just their tones didn't match for me right um i don't know you know i'm gonna tell you what i'll put a million dollars on this ends with a cliffhanger oh i hope you're wrong well but think about it jeff johns is a cliffhanger king he is and i i think this book will end with a soft conclusion yes and then like one little easter egg so that way for years Fans will ask Jeff, "Oh, are you ever going to deal with that thing with the Joker baby or whatever the I hell it's going to be?" Whatever they want, <laughs> if they want to hire me to do it, <laughs> Joker dog, yeah. And so that way, for years, he can be like, and then five years down the road, he'll be like, "I'm finally going to pay off because that's what Three Jokers was. Three Jokers was the cliffhanger of Dark, Dark Side, Side War. War. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll put a million. Were, there's a clip. I'm not there's taking that bet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> TV, love these discussions. Thanks for taking the time to share your thoughts with us. Maybe one of the Jokers is Daredevil after his crossover with Batman, where it ends with him laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, that was very weird. Head cannon accepted. Yeah. One of the Jokers is that Earth's Daredevil. Because, by the way, the Batman Daredevil crossover takes place in a non canon, separate DC multiverse Earth. What? Yeah, that's the Earth where titans versus x-men happened uh where superman spider-man happened there's an earth in the dc universe yeah where that where the both universes exist in the same place oh boy i think that's where at least according to jmd mateus where spider-man batman takes place oh boy all right uh i kind of like this idea that there are all kinds of jokers like they're just weird jokers out there right yeah (laughs) cubenics <laughs> uh, which one is harley bang and all three this story is interesting but not gonna into my going into my head canon well neither none of them because harley has absolutely no tether to joker anymore and i, I i'm pretty certain harley won't be in this book yeah i get the impression that um kind of like damien i think Je- i get the impression that jeff johns doesn't want to deal with harley yeah i don't blame him because like mm-hmm. i wouldn't um, she I, does complicate things it, exactly which joker yeah. enlisted harley why yeah um, well also you gotta realize he's dealing with three jokers that are pre-harley right. all three they're of these all are pre-harley. they're all pre-harley oh my god um you know so i don't i don't know i would i mean let's put this do you think we'll see harley at all in the storyline yes 
I, I think it's inevitable. I think you kind of have to deal with her now I think because she's right. so important. And any good editor, which we know Mark Doyle is, would be like, hey, have you thought about putting Harley in here? Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, I noticed there was a shot where Joker's in his lair. There's no photo of Harley. There's no clown yeah. hammer. Nothing. You can't have them pop that in there somewhere. I could Yeah, where's the there. hyenas? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I don't I think you got to deal. Oh, I mean, here's my question, too. How would you characterize the 90s Joker? Because for me, I kind of think about the 90s Joker is he starts out with a ponytail, remember? Because mm-hmm. they gave him long hair because he went and fought Superman and then he fought Asbats. But then at the end of it, he got a haircut. Mm-hmm. And that's the Joker that kills Sarah Essen. Yes. I still think that's the one that killed Jason Todd. Like I, I, I'm, I'm I'd happy be, I, to lump that in. That. Having read like you know, Starlin's story, I was like, yeah, no, that's the same joke. Like the guy who kills Sarah Essen, absolutely. I think he, he's as sadistic and at, like, plus he has to be the one who killed, who, who, who crippled Barbara Gordon because of what happens to him at the end of that story. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, interesting. So, it's also interesting that yeah that that now that there are definite if you go off this story there are definite like the Joker who crippled Barbara, Barbara is different from the Joker who killed Jason. Yeah, they're not the same person. because that was something that was interesting. Like it kind of gave Jason and Barbara a bond. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? I liked that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if this falters and fails, it will have always happened in my head. So I don't care. Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan Wesley, hope you guys are doing well today. Just got through three jokers. Number one, I'm not interested in the story so far, but the art's fantastic. Still too pricey. Yeah, the one thing you can't ding it is on his art. It's amazing, but yeah, it, it is. It was I think eight dollars, seven dollars. Uh, it's pricey. Yeah, I, I don't know, it, but I bought it I mean, without looking at, at it. Cover. I literally just went meh. <laughs> Let me look at the cover on it. Um, hold on, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I don't know. I think it's six ninety nine. Yeah, I think you're right. It's six ninety nine. You're absolutely right. It is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, okay, seven bucks. Yeah, that's a lot. But you do get double the book. Uh, that's the reason why I don't care about it. And also, like, I read this digitally. Me too. Um, so, but I know um, I, I haven't seen it in a store. Is it normal size or is it like the bigger, like the black label books? I think it's just a regular size book. Okay. Which All is right. unfortunate because I would love it to be huge. Yeah, yeah, because those like those books, I don't mind being pricier because like the paper stock is better, the yeah. cover is better. Dead Earth. Yeah, you get you see, you see where your money's going. Right. By the yeah. way, hey, what the hell, Batman Last Night on Earth? Why weren't wasn't that huge? Why was that like a regular size <laughs> book? What a disappointment! I was like, yeah, you got Capullo, he's getting to do whatever he wants, and you don't give him like all this real estate. Lame. Anyway, yeah, that's just a little ding for me. Uh, Sound Althani <laughs> says good day, good day to you too, uh, Mr. Althani. Thank mate. you so much for hanging out with us. Um, <clears throat> welcome to the show. Uh, we're just about to end. Uh, Dex Baker <laughs> says, Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers all spun out of too much of much hyped Dark Side War. If that gives us an I, if that gives us all an idea for how long we've waited, yeah, no, yeah. Dark Side War is the beginning of Rebirth. Well, because Doctor Manhattan kills Metron in that as well. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way Wally having some of those powers was part of John's plan. No, and I don't think there was any plan of of the man who laughs becoming <laughs> Doctor Man Doctor Bat Hatton. Yeah, um, because that character didn't exist four years ago. Nope. Uh, Nathan Ritzema says uh, off topic, but have you seen Superman Man of Tomorrow? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? Yes, I saw it on Sunday. I really enjoyed it, Jason. Oh yeah, I have not seen it yet. It's pretty good. Like it's it's got a very different style. It's trying to do something really interesting. It's it's it does a nice job. I really enjoyed it. 
it seems very inspired by uh, Superman American Alien. Is that true? No. Uh, it looks like the Superman American is. Alien. Yeah, the yeah. look is, but it is not in any way like the story. Like, they're not taking okay. anything from it, except for the that, that one proto-costume. I'm like, very excited for it. A, 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 an internet uh, friend of mine, uh, Tim Sheridan, wrote it. So I'm oh, very... Cool. And he wrote Reign of the Superman, which I also really like. That was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great use of that of that of that talent. Um, yeah, and I like the direction. Like it, and the and the animation style is very different, but not in like a bad yeah. way. It's very different. I dug it. Nice. Uh, Radical radish for me. The big ending for Rebirth was no justice. It seemed like there were ma- they were making a big never mind push with that storyline based on their trajectory. I see Perpetua. Yeah, like the yeah. Dark Knight's metal. The we're still dealing with that. It's it's, it's forgivably will be over. Uh, yeah, with metal God. or with 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 death metal, but Perpetua is absolutely an anti Jeff Johns. Like we're doing something else. I think Doctor Manbatten was a like was kind of like a like an ego screw you kind of addition. Hmm. Like I don't think it was necessary. Like I think it was same like, with Perpetua. Yeah, Perpetua Perpet- is like yeah. Perpetua seems like how can we make something more powerful than Doctor Manhattan? Well, here's the person that created the multiverse. I can't believe how <laughs> much leeway everyone gets like for doing the biggest, most important thing. Like I was reading something the other day where they're like, "We're doing this thing." It's good. Oh, it was uh, Kieran Gillen's Eternals. They were talking about how like, which by the way, Asad Rebic and Kieran Gillen on Eternals. Oh, I'm gonna buy one for the first time, um, but. He, they said they're going to like redefine Marvel's cosmology. And I was like, why? And who said yes? And I'm like, and then it occurs to me like, nobody, no, please no. give that. Please <laughs> give that. Doing like, why? Yes. Like, it's, if you, if you're writing Marvel's cosmology, it's because yeah. you like it. Yeah. Why would you blow it up and think you're going to be better than Jack and Stan? Like, leave it alone and with when it, like when scott's like hey i'm cre- this is the person who created the multiverse i know we usually we used to have like this hand that literally nobody did anything with until the implication might have been that it was dr manhattan but then no it wasn't mm, it's perpetua like yeah it's the interesting thing and and you can look at doomsday clock and you can look at all the just league stuff that scott snyder was doing and you can sort of see them as competing stories. Like they are sort of, sort of aware of each other, and right. they're trying to like outdo each other. But here's the and the, not reference each other, like sidestep each other, yeah. and they're trying to outstep and yeah, whatever. But here's the thing that I, I I don't understand, and it's also my same complaint with like all these stories of like the war of the thing. <laughs> um, when you're trying to make a story bigger, yes, or you're trying to make a story be more important yeah you can never go larger you have to go smaller yeah you have to make that story matter more to the character yeah if you if every story is about earth is gonna blow up then the sixth time we read it we don't care because we know earth's never gonna blow up exactly but if you make it about something emotional and something really important to the character, then you can always make it stronger. And that's, that was one thing I liked about three jokers is cause I'm like, Oh, this kind of seems like it just might be a Batman mystery story. Yeah. And if that's the case, this might be the perfect story for me instead of like, cause there's a certain point with like all the dark nights and the doomsday clocks where it's just like, it's cosmic, cosmic nonsense. That means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will say the Batman who laughs was actually more to me. That book, that series was more mm-hmm. of like a Snyder Batman story than the last several Snyder Batman stories, because it was about Gotham and Batman. Mm-hmm. It, it still has to be about the destruction of Gotham forever. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, it's about Batman. Like he doesn't, you know, the, he doesn't punch the reality or anything. It's, it's still ridiculous, but it's it's a little bit more subdued and a little more personal. Like, even Zero Hour tied into... Yeah. Isn't Green Arrow sad he had to shoot Hal with the arrow? Like, <laughs> like yeah. they, they, they made... The, and I remember, like, reading it, you know, and being like, who cares? Like, because I wasn't reading Green Arrow. I'm like, who cares about what Green Arrow has to think about this thing? Like, but really, that's the stuff that makes you care, is that it affects yeah. someone who is not able to like wield worlds with their mind. Because none of us can do that. And yeah. that's why we don't, we automatically check out on stuff like that. That's why I liked, I loved the framing device of this being around the scars because there's a lot, there's a lot of room. And I hope Jeff plays with this yeah. where Jason and Barbara also being his, by extension, more scars. Yes. Like he, because of him, he has scarred both of these people. Right. That'd be cool. I like that. I yeah. mean, I, 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 hope, I hope that's the way it goes. Because if that's so, it's going to be a really powerful story. Yeah, I agree. And finally, TV says, let's not forget that Superboy Prime is out there somewhere. Will he do anything? Or is he just a backup in case they need him to end an event? Well, uh, I talked to Scott and he said, Superboy Prime is in the book, uh, Death Metal, and he plays a very important part of the story. In the issue of uh, Three Jokers that I read, it ends with an uh, ad called dark knight's death metal trinity crisis um and literally it says superboy prime anti-monitor dark side (laughs) that's uh, what (laughs) you're playing mad libs you made a tag cloud out of things you wanted to use in that thing like well to me like that's also what that title says i'm just like wow i mean how much more gobbledygook can we pile on top of gobbledygook dark knight Uh death trinity crisis i know superboy prime dark side anti-monitor yeah so like no i I don't think he's gonna have anything to do with three jokers but i apparently he's gonna be all over death metal yes and joshua vaughn uh coming in late i hear zero hour what the hell did i miss uh nothing did you mean zero uh, yeah zero yeah you meant the event back in the 90s i meant the 90s event zero hour yeah by the way man zero hour was my man i bought all those zero issues yep. that was my dc universe my friend I I, <laughs> I I i i firmly admit that zero hours an event is not great and it doesn't hold up nope. but the dc universe around zero hour is just like yes yeah all those zero issues and all the retconning yep. yeah i i, I it, it gave well. them like a nice Kind of like what Rebirth did. It gave them kind of a nice, soft reset. And yeah. I kind of feel like most of the titles took advantage of that and were better post-Zero Hour. Yeah. they. Uh, it's funny. I remember reading in Wizard Magazine, there was, a, there was an article about how Zero Hour was created because they were like, it's been 10 years since Crisis. Hey, let's do like an anniversary. Like, let's do something. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> you don't <laughs> just, go, hey, let's reboot shit because we're celebrating the fact that we rebooted shit 10 years ago. 
that yeah, was the I beginning mean, of the end. That was it because they were like, okay, every 10 years we'll reboot everything. And then they were like, every okay. 10 years we're going to do this insane crisis. Yeah. But uh, Jason, we're so lucky to have you. Thank you so much for being here and talking about three jokers. Thanks for having me, man. And lending your insight. Uh, there's more to come from Jason Inman. Of course, if you want to go to the link in the description, you can pick up a copy of Jupiter jet, his self-created title uh, on comiXology right now. Uh, but there's more. So please take it away. Yeah, go pre-order the Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. It's the second in the Jupiter Jet series. You do not need to read Jupiter Jet Volume 1 because we made it new reader friendly, but it's an adventure sci-fi uh, series about a 17-year-old girl with a jetpack fighting robots in space and learning that even though she thinks she knows how to be a superhero, she actually finds out she's completely wrong, and it's about growing up. Jupiter Jet is always a story about growing up through the lens of jetpacks and robots and stuff like that and as uh, so right now we're doing a pre-order contest that if you pre-order a comic of jupiter jet on comiXology walmart anything like that you send your proof of purchase to jupiterjetcomic at gmail.com and we enter you into a random chance to win a bunch of art prints and possibly have a character named after you in volume three there will only be one winner nice how can you pass that up i can't enter yeah. because i know jason and i would just ask him to do it and he wouldn't do it because <laughs> it's it's not fair it's 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 a it's an event for you guys check it out and That's do right. it uh, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. uh where else can they find you and uh, and and everything that you do uh, basically, you can find me all over the internet at Jawan on Instagram, Twitter, and on uh, YouTube. Um, don't do much on YouTube anymore. But I do do a podcast, a weekly podcast called The Geek History Lesson. Um, and you can find that everywhere. You can listen to uh, podcast episodes everywhere. Um, our next episode actually is going to be really fun. Um, I'm doing, we're doing the Superman chronological timeline. Oh. So we are saying what, how old we think superman is right based on his adventures we're slotting all his adventures into his life i'll just tell you based on mine uh superman is way older than you think he is <laughs> uh that's the only way i can make it work yeah. but we have a very special guest for that episode Ooh. um it is a person that has played a kryptonian no that's cool so, i'll have to ask you after the show yeah, but, yeah. Uh, of course, if you want to if you want to help us out, the best way to do so is to subscribe to this channel. Subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, like the video if it helps that too. And we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode. Thanks a lot for watching. I'm Sal. That was Jason. I'm Jason. Bye. So long. <laughs>